0: Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 141, John and Wendy talk to Amy Miller. I'm your host, John.
1: And I'm Wendy. How are you tonight, John?
0: Wendy, I am I am great. <laughs> and, you know, we were talking before we traded, we text a lot. Yeah. Everybody knows, you know, we're talking all the time. We're trying to figure out what we're going to talk about in the open. We had not talked about the chat in a, quite a while.
1: No, we haven't. We haven't. We have a fun one coming up. <laughs>
0: We've been doing the chat now. I was talking to somebody earlier today about the chats who's been fairly active in it for some time. And I said, you know, we've done them for three years and it's time to bring back some of the great topics Mm -hmm. that we haven't done in a while. So we decided to do Bad Bosses 2, the sequel.
1: (laughs) Oh, you know them, you love them. We've all had at least one. If you have not had at least one Bad Boss, kudos to you.
0: Yes, and not to mention, maybe, and this is a, something that you brought into the mix that I really like, maybe at one point you were a bad boss. Yep. So we got to own that too.
1: We do. You know, and you learn and you grow. And uh, Ann and I have used this on um, HR Wonder Women. When you know better, you do better. I think we need to own up to those mistakes that we've made and how we've learned and how we've grown. Learning in public is not always easy, but that's how we share with other people and we other people to stop being bad bosses.
0: I'm looking forward to the conversation. And of course we always throw out the fictional greats. Please join us. I want to bring this back up because it has, it's been a while since we've talked about this too. If you aren't able to make the seven o'clock on a Sunday evening, Eastern time, you can contribute after the fact. We like to give everybody a day or so to contribute, Uh but make sure if you're listening to this and you want to take part and you're not coming to the chat at that time, make sure you use the hashtag. HR social hour, because if you don't, we don't know what it's for. And I get that a lot. People just, random people reply to me. I am working under the assumption they're answering a question, but unfortunately it's never going to go anywhere because we're not able to track those. Make sure you answer. If you can put an A to whatever the number is, that helps us understand too. But please make sure you use that hashtag HR social hour so that we can then pull the recap and go from there.
1: Use a reply. Don't quote tweet because that interrupts the conversation. I was trying to read someone a conversation today and somebody kept quote tweeting and I'm just, okay, I'm this is too hard. (laughs) I'm sure it was a great thread, but I got frustrated and and moved on. So yes, but please use the hashtag even during the hour that we're chatting because I can't find your tweet when I go back to do the recap if you don't use the hashtag.
0: That's our friendly public service (laughs) announcement for the day. Use the hashtag. And again, if you're not able to take part, we certainly understand. Yep. If you want to take part later, please go right ahead, but make sure that you're using that hashtag so we can track it. I I think the recaps, Wendy, I feel like this year in particular, we've seen so much growth in the weekly chats or or when we have them, you know, consistently, they've gotten larger than they were pre-COVID world. We're getting a lot more responses after the fact. Mm -hmm. And again, would love to make sure that we track all those because again, I just get random replies sometimes. I also want to make sure everybody understands, I love you all very much. But when that hour is over, I am done. And just so you, most of <laughs> yeah. you understand, the fourth Sunday of each month is typically a WWE pay per view. <laughs> as, as I'm done, I turn it off and I go watch wrestling because I need a break from reality. <laughs> but again, I love it and I love the I fact the conversation goes on. But I almost feel like we need an after hours chat or a you know, like kind of like the Walking Dead has the show afterwards where they talk about it. If somebody wants to talk about hosting that, I'm throwing it out there. If somebody wants to do it after HR Social <laughs> Hour event, talk to us and we'll we'll add it to the mix.
1: Would love to. Would love but it to. ain't going to yes.
0: be me because I'm going to go watch wrestling.
1: <laughs> priorities. John has his priorities, y'all. That's
0: right. We've talked enough about chats. <laughs> yes. Join us then. I'm really excited about tonight's guest. Yes. Another recruiting talent acquisition mm-hmm. focus show, which is never a bad thing. I'm going to let you make the introduction and we'll get started
1: so excited to welcome amy miller to the show tonight after 20 years in recruiting hunting everything from truck drivers to cfos amy miller is now a senior technical recruiter in the seattle area and also the creator of recruiting in yoga pants a blog and youtube channel where she busts recruiting myths on a weekly basis during her ama friday series amy has worked for some of the top names in tech including microsoft google and amazon Prior to corporate recruiting, Amy held strategic roles with agencies like Remedy Intelligence Services, Spherion, and Lucas Group, also taking a brief detour into public service as an employment specialist for the Employment Security Department of Washington State. She got into corporate recruiting with Zones back in 2011, which led her to tech recruiting, and she has never looked back. And we are so excited that you took that turn, Amy, because you're here with us now which is awesome. Yes, thank you for having yes. me. Yes, welcome to the show, but we always start the same way.
2: What is in your glass? So I actually busted out the whiskey for this. So <laughs> I have Blackened, which is my favorite whiskey by my favorite band, Metallica. I don't know if y'all knew this, but it's actually aged in a barrel that is, is like shook to a playlist so you can actually look up the music, the Metallica album or song list. <laughs> wow. That your whiskey was no. And that's it's awesome. delicious. And I would leave my husband for James Hetfield. But that's a very long answer to your question of what's in my glass. I love it.
0: I We've love never it. had that response. And I guess no. my follow up to that is, do you know Paul alone?
2: I don't.
0: Okay, you no. you got to we got to connect you to okay. he's the biggest Metallica fan I know.
2: Oh, yeah. okay. Sounds Great like guy, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> he used to do Metallica Mondays on Twitter and what? yeah, he's a big metal guy. Yeah,
2: he, oh, yeah. I need to make this person my We'll, best we'll, we'll make the
0: connection after this okay. is over for sure. Brilliant. For sure.
1: Yeah, he, he bought he has the Metallica Lullaby album for his children, so yeah, you know. Yeah.
2: You got to start me in. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I did have my, my older children convinced that Dave Grohl might have been their real dad at some point like, when they were very young. Wow. So, you know.
0: Well, Amy, we always ask how somebody gets started and I'm going to work under the assumption that you did not go to school to become a recruiter. <laughs> so talk a little about, you know, how'd you get started and then what was the appeal to tech recruiting? What's kept you there as opposed to going elsewhere?
2: You know, we have a limited uh, window here. So I, I won't tell you the whole story. But no, basically, college was not an option for poor kids like me in the middle of Kansas, right? I grew up in the Midwest and uh, kind of just, you know, did the temp agency thing and did some like administrative stuff, you know, answered phones at an office team. And they actually offered me a job as a staffing manager is what they called him back then. And I said, ha, I don't to do that. Everybody goes home crying every day. That's a terrible job. So I had them place me at a different staffing agency in the corporate office. And as I was running ads in the newspaper, because we used to do that back in the day, a lot of you baby recruiters don't know that, but we would actually put ads in the newspaper to get people to talk to us. And my employment guide rep said, you'd be a great recruiter. And I said, great, what do they do? And he said, well, I don't know, but they make a lot of money. And I think you'd be good at it. So here I am, you know, 22 years later, i am in recruiting. But so did the agents, thing for a lot of years, ended up moving into corporate. And I live in Seattle now, which we affectionately call Cloud City, not because it rains all the time, but because of all the cloud providers. So tech was just always all around me. And I kind of finagled my way into a contract gig at Microsoft. They converted me to full-time six weeks later. And uh, here I am, never left.
1: So, you've been doing this a while. If we were talking yeah. about, you know, and I'm going to assume you saw the paper resumes and the special paper
2: and oh, all that yes. fun stuff. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a shoe once. Somebody wanted to get their foot was in the door. Shoe? So, that was fun.
0: <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it.
2: Yeah, that was fun. Oh, good. my gosh. Oh, yeah. Okay. We, we've seen it all. We, you know, I used to put flyers on cars, you know, come to this office, fill out an application. Don't steal my pen. Oh yeah, all that.
1: (laughs) All right, well, let's talk about some of those other changes. What other changes have you seen in talent acquisition and what changes do you hope are coming?
2: I don't know why I have this reputation, but I am apparently the person that people like to tag whenever someone is complaining about the ATS. So that's been fun. I, I was actually in you recruiting a for the part yeah. of the online application. I, I used to hand out, like I didn't even have a computer in my first recruiting gig. Like I literally had a desk and a file cabinet and I would have to bug my boss like to use the one <laughs> computer to type up a Word document so I could fax my yeah. ad to the Seattle Times, you know, remember those days? So I remember when the internet kind of became a thing and it was like this life-changing thing and, you know, monster.com and oh my gosh, it's like an actual website you can navigate to and. It's going to put us all out of business, right? Remember that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm still waiting to be put out of business, by the way. So that was a big shift. But it didn't change the emotion behind recruiting, the method of receiving applications, or the method of communication with the, you know, email, obviously becoming so common, those kinds of things changed, But the underlying emotional currency and tapping into somebody's wants and needs and desires has not changed at all. It's interesting how different things are now 22 years later, but then how much is still really the same. So that's been really fascinating. But what I'm hoping will actually happen next, I mean, if there's like, a, another big evolution in in staffing, if you will. I hope it becomes more human. I, I hope that we actually move away from the electronic AI nonsense. Because let's face it, it doesn't work that great. <laughs> (laughs) I mean, it's just, I don't trust any of these scanners or ranking systems or any of that. So I'm kind of hoping that we start to recognize that this is actually making our jobs harder and we scale back some of that. But what I would like to sign up for is some kind of tool or system that can actually manage my calendar because I suck at it. So I'd really like to, (laughs) if you want to focus on AI, something or other, get it to read my mind and where I need to be at whatever day and time. That would be good. Yeah, I'll, I'll sign up for that.
1: I think you're onto something, Making it, figuring out how to make it more human. Um, I know one of the things that my office is working on is how do we get people to the right job to apply for rather than filling out 37 different applications for jobs absolutely don't really want, getting mm-hmm. people funneled in because fortunately I don't have to see resumes anymore. <laughs> I, I still remember I took over one, one requisition from a fellow recruiter. She had... 30 active candidates wow. that she had touched and sent on to the hiring manager that were just sitting there. And
2: I'm like, Oh my gosh. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, can I get a reminder? Can I get like a flashing right. light in my ATS that says, Amy, go do something with well, these you, people you sitting people in this, sitting this status. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Don't tell me how smart the ATS is when it can't even do that much. Like, I don't <laughs> want to hear it. I'm not going to listen to you.
0: <laughs> Come exactly. to me and look at my
2: ATS and then tell me how smart it is.
0: Amy, how hard is it to sell that? Because I'm with you in terms of I've done it 21 years. Wendy's been at it for 20 plus. How hard is it to sell, particularly in the tech industry, to get that idea of while tech's all well and good, we haven't necessarily used it the right way. (laughs) It's not necessarily built the right way to do certain things for us. How hard is it to sell that back to the farm to to get people to believe that ideology?
2: Funny story. Speaking of, uh, this is a couple jobs ago, but I worked for a company... That may or may not have made a big data play by buying a big business networking site some years back, right? Maybe, maybe <laughs> that company I work for. And I remember that there was some discussion about, like, basically kind of building. A, a talent solution, you know, let's just call it an ATS, because I don't think that's what they were going to call it. But whatever, it's kind of what it was. And I remember one of the PMs had asked me to do a demo, like they want, like, we want to, you know, like, you're an experienced recruiter, and you you do this stuff every day, like, can we show you what we're working on? And of course, I just picked it apart. I'm like, Oh, this is all wrong. Like, this is broken. And I don't want to click three buttons to schedule an interview and this and that and the other. And this person looked so damaged by the time I was done. that He like, he couldn't understand. He's like, I don't I don't understand like the workflow. I'm like, no, no, no. You're not taking into account how we actually use it. And I was never invited back to that party. Like I was <laughs> never given an update. I was he's like, but that's not I'm like, I'm just telling you, like you wanted a user perspective. This is why this doesn't work and this is why the flow. I don't think anything ever happened. I don't even think they actually launched the solution they were trying to build. You know it's interesting how a lot of these solutions are built from this 30,000 foot view and it's going to be an HRIS and it's going to solve for this and it's going to do payroll and it's going to do that and it's it's got all these like you know pieces that plug and play into different areas but it makes the workflow at least for the recruiter so clunky and we can't seem look, I'm just a little worker bee, like, you know, 3,000 of my closest friends here, right? They're not asking us. They're not letting us kind of give input or weigh into what a workflow should look like. So we end up kind of cobbling things together, like in email and Excel. So yeah, that's why every time I hear like AI is taking over, okay, (laughs) sure it is. Keep me posted. That's why we all still have that Excel spreadsheet.
1: Yes,
2: exactly. I don't know a single recruiter who doesn't have some version of it. There's always some kind of personal tracking system because there's just no other way to keep it straight. Yeah, I'm there with you. Definitely.
0: With your level of experience and your level of enthusiasm (laughs) of what we do, you've launched a YouTube channel we talked a little bit about a few minutes ago. You're doing it really for job seekers and recruiters and bringing people together. Talk about how you came up with your title, what led you to start it. What's the response been like?
2: So, recruiting in yoga pants, oddly enough, started as a joke. Uh, it's a blog I've had for a few years. I think Wendy might know this story. This young man who had been in recruiting—oh, I don't know—I think I've made small humans in the less, you know, time than this person was in recruiting. He decided to write a blog post about how women should not wear athletic wear, yoga pants in particular, to the office for a number of reasons, including, you know, health concerns and people might look at my, a- you know, can I say that? Should I say butt? rear behind. Okay. You know, he had all these reasons why I shouldn't dress however the hell I want to dress. I didn't take that so well. So I decided to launch a blog recruiting in yoga pants, which was a joke. (laughs) But it started picking up steam and and people laughed and it was kind of funny. So then that parlayed into the YouTube channel and the YouTube channel I launched in January of this year And the idea behind it is there's just so much misinformation out there. And and I talk to candidates every day, like we all do. If you're in recruiting, you're on the phone with a number of people every single day. And, you know, the reality is these people are not going through the recruiting process all the time. It's something you do every few years. It's maybe you get a recruiting call every six months or, or something so By the time you enter into this relationship now with a new recruiter or with a new company, it's all very foreign and very confusing. If you're an accountant, you're really, really great at math and numbers and accounting. You're not great at salary negotiation necessarily. So my aim was just to take little bite-sized nuggets, you know, 10 minutes or less, and just throw out some best practices, things that people can actually do in their job search immediately. I'm not one of these feel good, like rah, rah, just get out there and do it coaches. I'm actually going to give you specific, tangible advice. I have templates and I want you to understand what really happens behind the curtain. So that has been my intention from day one. It's just simply me peeling back the curtain, showing you what really happens on the inside and trying to equip you to be your best possible self as a candidate and as somebody who's trying to navigate a new role. We know it. We live it every day. But the average job seeker does it. And I just want them to be empowered. That was it.
0: And what's that response been like? You launch in January. Yeah. And then we go through this wonderful thing called COVID. Yeah. How how does that play into the equation?
2: You know, it's so interesting. Like the response has been great. I'm up to like almost 1900 subscribers, which is insane. I thought, okay, my dad will watch. Like I'll have at least three people, right? Because I've got kids and they have to watch. I never thought it was going to go beyond just a few funny videos and then it would kind of die on the vine. But I have received such great response from job seekers who have actually used the templates I provided and done some of the things that I've suggested and they've landed jobs. And when you take that kind of result and you put it in this crazy COVID where people are, I mean, I know tons of recruiters who've been laid off. I can't help all, you know, 20 million people or whatever that's out of work, but I I could help that guy. I could help that girl. Being able to have these one on ones and see that just something I do every day and something that is so second nature to me is such a game changer for them, it's incredibly humbling. I don't take money for this. Like I do everything for free, but I have had so many people who've like donated to animal shelters on my behalf because I'm a big dog person. I love my puppies. And, and it's just, it, there's this ripple effect that does so much good and puts so much positive energy out into the world. I'm starting to tear up just talking about it. It's so cool just to see people win, you know, because people feel so beat up right now. And every person that gets to the next step because of something I said or did, it's it's amazing. It's my purpose.
1: I love what you're sharing out there. I love that you're you're sharing the tips because like you said, we're in it every day, but they're not. But we expect them to know and you essentially punish somebody for not doing it well.
2: You know, it's like handing a four-year-old an algebra problem. Like what, you know, like what are they going to do? they not something they've ever done before, not something they've ever looked at. And then the, the flip side, speaking of COVID, so going back to John, something you'd said The challenge in a COVID environment or any kind of recession type of an environment, and we've all recruited through recessions before. We know what this looks like. The rise in snake oil salespeople and people who are taking advantage and charging money for lame, generic, unhelpful advice is gross. So I'm just here to be hopefully a voice of reason, a little bit of sanity. I charge absolutely, I keep telling people like, if you don't like my advice, I'll give you your money back. Oh, it costs you $0. Okay, cool, we're good, right? right? You know, because it's not about making a buck for me. It's not about taking advantage of of a crappy economy. It's about just simply trying. I've had so many mentors and so many people who have got me where I am. The least I can do is take 10 minutes a week and try to pay that back. Like that's literally my end game. If you want to donate to an animal shelter as a result of that, even better. That's just icing on the cake for me. Like, I just want people to succeed because I wouldn't be here if I didn't have an army of people that have helped me in the last 20 years. That's awesome.
1: Speaking of LinkedIn, you've done quite a few posts there that seem to resonate with people. What's kind of hitting that note? And any practical advice for folks who are trying to up their game on LinkedIn?
2: So, when it comes to content creation, I, I had a bunch of people asking me to do a personal branding video, which I finally did, but I don't think it was very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> because my whole thing, like, I, I don't have a content calendar. I don't have other than I've got this commitment to post something every Friday on, on YouTube. It's very organic. It's like, what is top of mind? What did somebody tag me in that set me off? <laughs> what did I you know <laughs> read an article that made me scratch my head and go, huh, I wonder if that's accurate. For me, it's just very organic. So my number one piece of advice is just be yourself, especially for job seekers, because the person that's going to show up for work every day That's the person we should be meeting on LinkedIn. That's the person that should be tweeting at us. The minute that we try to polish it and make it perfect and make it like super, you know, becoming an influencer or becoming like a reality show, then it loses its appeal, in my opinion. So I think just being really authentic, I type on LinkedIn like I'm having a conversation with you the same words, the same vernacular, the same potty mouth sometimes, you know, I mean, this is just, (laughs) this is how I am in my day to day. And that to me, I think is what I hope, what people are responding to, I I hope they're, they're looking at my content and looking at me like, okay, this is somebody I could have a beer with that would, you know, we could hang out and she's going to give me the straight, you know, straight shooting. I'm not here to sell anything. I'm not here to blow sunshine up anybody's skirts. I just want to be real and authentic. So if you come from that place, I don't think you can fail.
1: Well, Amy, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child?
2: So when I was very small, I wanted to be an astronaut, like in the worst way. I, I, I was, you know, I grew up <laughs> early 80s. You know, I remember like sitting in school, the Challenger explosion, which kind of killed that dream. Like, oh, maybe that's not for me. Okay. But, you know, it's cool because now I work for a company building satellites, so I kind of came in a very different way. I get to be involved in, like, space and stuff. You know, I always wanted to explore. That that was always my my thing as a kid. Like, I wanted to see everything. I wanted to explore. I grew up in a small town in Kansas. I literally never thought I would leave my small town in Kansas. Any kind of job that allowed me, you know, to just go out and learn and see and do was what I wanted to do. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about it, because every conversation I'm learning something new. In a very roundabout way, I've come full circle to my day sitting in my cardboard box with my drawn on, you know, maps and letters and numbers to plug in like the next planet I was going to go to. So that's been kind of cool.
0: Amy, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know?
2: It's hard to pin it down to just one. And I think I've known her longer than a year, but I'd say Laura Mazzullo from Eastside Staffing. I, I just adore her. And I tell you, we will sometimes just hop on a video chat and just cry. It's <laughs> just been having a bad day or whatever. I love her so much because she's so kind and so grounded. And I tend to be more of a Tasmanian devil. She's my safe place. So I just encourage anyone who doesn't know Laura, get to know Laura because she's, she's a doll. I love her to pieces.
1: Amy, a new HR professional asks you for one piece of advice. What do you tell them?
2: Don't take it personally. None of this is about you. None of it.
0: Amy, beyond the YouTube channel, how else do you enjoy giving back to the recruiting community or community at large?
2: I do mentor uh, baby recruiters. I, I that is a term of affection. <laughs> so we
0: were recruiter. all there once too.
2: We were all babies. Baby, we were all baby recruiters at some point. Um, but you know, people who are new to the industry, especially growing up in the industry where it's all online and it's all electronic and it's all AI and, and all of that, I, I think that. They didn't have the benefit that we all had, right, of kind of growing up and making our mistakes on a very, very small stage. Now, if you post something on LinkedIn, it can easily get 100,000 views and your boss finds it and it's not good. I love working with these baby recruiters or these new in the industry professionals who are just figuring it out and just finding their voice and their way of doing it. I always tell my boss, like, I don't ever want to be somebody's manager. I don't think I'd be good at that. But I will mentor the heck out of you. And I will hug you and love on you and teach you everything I know. But I don't want to do your performance review. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we get along so well. Exactly. (laughs) Favorite movie? Clash of the Titans, the original. Wow. Yeah. Big crush on Harry Hamlin.
0: You may have answered this at the outset, but your favorite musician or band?
2: I mean, I would have to go with Metallica, of course, but my second favorite, are you ready for this? Celtic Woman. Quite a broad spectrum there I've got covered. Amy, how about a favorite TV show? I guess, favorite of all time. I I don't know if this would be like all time my whole life, but I loved Game of Thrones. I'd read the books prior, you know, obviously have some pretty, you know, mixed feelings about the last season, <laughs> but, you know, I'm still a fan. And then uh, I actually, we have a routine in my, my family. My younger kids are, are still at home, still teenagers. And we go to Sonic every Sunday and we watch the Twilight Zone in the, you know, sitting at the you know little, little it's not a drive through it's like you pull up yeah. and the car hop comes out kind of thing for those that don't aren't familiar with Sonic and so yeah old episodes of the twilight zone we have to start over we've watched them all now so that's kind of a neat little little family thing that's that we do yeah
0: amy it is fair to say i never imagined anybody would bring up clash of the titans <laughs> no the original much less the remake oh, the remake Terrible. Oh, was so oh, it was terrible. <laughs> Mind is melting between that and Celtic Woman. I never would have imagined I would ever hear Clash of the Titans mentioned on the show. Love so it. kudos to you. <laughs> kudos to you. If you're not watching Clash of the Titans, you're not listening to Metallica or Celtic Woman, if you're not watching Game of Thrones or now Twilight Zone, Sonic Drive In, what else do you like to do outside of work?
2: I am a voracious reader. It was partially just growing up super poor, like literally in a trailer. We had an outhouse, you know, the whole thing. No TV, nothing. But we had the library and I lived at the library and I would read anything I could get my hands on. I'd read cereal boxes. I'd read shampoo bottles. I'd read books. I'd read fiction. I'd read nonfiction. And that has carried over into my adulthood. and, And I just... I love to read. I will read literally anything. So if y'all have any book recommendations, I promise you I will read it because I literally, any genre, anything, I'm obsessed with books and reading and, and just absorbing new stories.
1: Finally, Amy, it is Amy Miller Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate
2: we're definitely eating cupcakes. Like, that's definitely, that's that's on the agenda for sure. I, I had a, a very uh, limited side gig as a baker for a hot minute, thought I wanted to do that for a, a side gig, and then I got too busy at work. Yeah, we're definitely eating cupcakes, and I think we're giving a lot of high fives. I, I always want to celebrate. I always want, you know, to congratulate people and lift people up. So cupcakes and high fives. That's how we celebrate Amy Miller Day. Love it.
0: I am surprised you didn't mention having Metallica whiskey. I mean, but... we could do
2: that, too. Like We could <laughs> infuse it. You know, a nice Guinness cupcake with some Metallica whiskey.
0: Yeah, oh, you I go. like it. There Chocolate is
2: my thing. There, there you go. But, and I nice. did, back to movies for just a hot minute, I did work in Terminator into my wedding vows, by the way. That would be my second favorite movie, just so you know. <laughs> just a little fun fact oh, as we're celebrating. Come awesome. you
0: want to live? What did you use?
2: I thanked my husband for being my own personal Kyle Reese. <laughs> There's more to the story, but we probably don't have time.
0: I'm glad you didn't say I'll be back. <laughs> then, <yeah.
2: laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, "Marry me if you want to live." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: Although that would have been good in hindsight. We'll have to we'll have to work that into a vow renewal.
0: This has been absolute joy. I appreciate your energy so much, particularly having done this as long as we have. I love that you stay so excited about it. I know sometimes it's not easy to do that. And I I really appreciate you sharing that with us and with the audience. I know most of our listeners are probably connected, but if they're not, how do they get in touch? How do they find your YouTube? How do we reach out there?
2: Just go to recruitingandyogapants.com. That is my little homegrown blog. All the links are there. I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn and YouTube. Of course, Amy Miller is the name of the channel. But if you Google recruiting and yoga pants, you will find me. I promise you ain't nobody else claiming it.
0: We will have that in the show notes. And Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for listeners to find you out there?
1: Best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily Diaz and dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John?
0: johntherman.com for all things John Thurman for the show, com. Listen, rate, review, share. When we say review, review on whatever platform you're on. If it's Apple Podcasts, if it's Spotify, if it's Amazon Music, international listeners, you know the deal. We're coming for you. Come to us. We want to boost your signals. We want to tell your stories because we are fascinated by what's going on out there beyond our little piece of the world. So again, Amy, appreciate you being with us. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John.
1: And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect.
0: Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody.
1: We'll see you soon.